Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Pack the Brew. Today, we've got a heater in store. We're talking Michael Lorenzo. No, no, we're talking updated prospect list. Aaron Boone getting tossed. Our winners and losers of the week, among many other things. Make sure you stay tuned for this entire episode. It's a heater. We're going to start off with Baseball America, who released their top 100 prospects list alongside MLB updating theirs. And, you know, there's new rankings out by the nerds over at Fangraphs, you know, nerds friendly fire, because that's what me and Ryan are. But they've got an updated prospect list for you. And the top 10 farm systems in baseball are as follows. Pittsburgh, Chicago, Washington, Boston, Cleveland, Los Angeles, Texas, Baltimore, Tampa, Arizona. Ryan said that he had his top 10, so I just want to see how those compare. Okay, so my top 10 prospects in baseball, my personal ones that I made right here. At number 10, I have Heston Kerstad. He's 24, which is going to knock him down on most lists, but, I mean, look at the guy's numbers. He's going to be joined Baltimore possibly in September, if not definitely by next year. So um, I think he's a little bit underrated at this point, the number two overall pick just last year. At number nine, I have Evan Carter. Uh his speed will let him stick in center field. He's supposed to be in the majors next year, making a really good Rangers team even greater. At eight, I have James Wood. Uh, he's really the centerpiece that Soto deal. Gore and Abrams are very young and still have sky-high potential. I think James Wood is the highest out of those guys. Seven is Pete Kerr Armstrong. Uh, his defense is as good as it can get in the outfield. He's throwing the bases. His bat isn't his top part of the game, but still solid enough to go with the rest of his um, part of his games. Uh, six, I have Dylan Cruz. He's one of the first from this uh, this year's draft. His bat is about as good as it gets. Obviously, really high on him. Who isn't? Uh, five, Charlie's, Charlie would like this one. Junior, uh, Camonero. Tampa laying him by training a rule five eligible player who they're going to lose in the offseason. You got to stop training with the Rays, man. At four, Wyatt Lanford, a uh, person, my favorite hidden prospect from this year's draft. We'll see if that turns out to be one of my very few uh, hot takes that turn out good. Uh, three, Paul Skeens. He had a heck, heck of a last month. One, he was dropping number one overall. Two, he's rumored to be dating Livy Dunn. So uh, he's kind of he's kind of living the dream right now. <laughs> At number two, I have Jackson Holiday. Last year's number one. He just continues to demolish. He's in double A. Uh, he's only 19. And then number one, Jackson Trio. Uh, he had a rough start this year, but he flipped upside down. He had a historic July, and he's been killing it in the second half. Yeah, I love the Pete Crow Armstrong at seven. I think that's a great take. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, based on MLB pipeline, is a 12, which is so low for him. Uh, you know, he's in AAA right now. I hope to see him as a September column. The 10, so these are the updated 10. Uh, number one, Jackson Holiday, two, Chorio, three, Paul Skeens, four, Dylan Cruz, five, Ethan Salas, six, Junior Caminario. Uh, James Wood at seven, Evan Carter at eight, nine, Jackson Merrill in the shortstop in the Arizona Diamondbacks system, Jordan Lawler to wrap it out at your top 10. I love Pete Crow Armstrong at seven. I think that that's a great take. Um, we released a, um, we released a poll on the pack through Twitter. Go follow that. It's always in the link in the description, but we asked what, like your guys' number one prospect in baseball was, and to no surprise, two Brewers fans talking ball, and it's Jackson Chorio. But, you know, you can put the bias aside for that. Uh, he's got those Ronald Acuna comparisons, and that's huge. Uh, I think that if the Brewers can land that, another outfield prospect, the Brewers are just cooking with that. Uh, that's a great, great thing. I can't believe the 
just absurdity that is some of these like farm systems. You've got Pittsburgh who has Paul Skeens at three, Tamar Johnson at number 23, Andy Rodriguez, 42, Jared Jones at 75, Anthony Solomento at 90 and Quinn Priester at 99. Make that six top 100 prospects in your system. What a system out in Pittsburgh. And Henry Davis, who was top runner, just graduated and uh, is currently in Pittsburgh. And Indy Rodriguez is about to graduate. So these younger guys are pulling up through the system. Tamar Johnson was one of my favorite prospects in last year's draft. Uh, he's not off to the start. I was hoping he'd be off to, but I mean, he still obviously has all the potential in the world. Yeah, Pittsburgh uh, already has Hayes, who could win a gold glove this year. O'Neal Cruz, who could be coming back in September, if not next year. Very young team. Just signed Brian Reynolds to an extension. Their star player. This team is not good this year, but they showed what they could be in the first few months of this year. They're a very young, exciting team who can make noise in 2024. Oh, right. And, you know, we could go on for hours about the prospects and the systems that are in baseball because they're all insane. If you go through and you've got six guys in your top 100 and then you've got you've got, you know, you got Boston, you got Chicago, Cleveland, Baltimore has to be mentioned there. But how about Michael Lorenzen, a no hitter? A uh, second pitcher to ever throw a no-hitter in his first home start. The last one was 125 years ago. He He's getting eight days rest after the 124 pitch. No, no. How about Michael Lorenzen, man? Yeah, good for him. First off, I didn't think he was going to be able to finish this. He had 100 pitches after seven. Right there, I think you could see most managers in today's game pull him. Then after eight, he had a quick eight, then 111 pitches after that. We've seen managers pull out their guys in that situation. They don't care. Back in the day, you wouldn't pull out a guy with a shutout. You would see guys get pulled with a no-hitter in that situation. So I would not have been shocked, would have been a little upset, but a little bit understandable at the same time. Uh, and he finished the game with 124. So, I mean, good for him. I'm happy we got to see history, but... You know, you you want to hope that this doesn't affect him in his next few starts because Philadelphia is deep into the playoff race and they're looking like they're a surefire playoff team right now. Right. And he, I think I mentioned it, but the eight days rest after this 124 pitch no hitter. That was their last home no hitter. The last no hitter was Cole Hamels in 2015. Michael Lorenzen, custom Vance cleats getting sent to the hall. One of the big uh, storylines of this. Another very interesting thing about Michael Lorenzen graduated from Fullerton Union Area High School. All four MLB pitchers that have come from that high school have thrown no hitters. Steve Busby, Walter Johnson, Mike Warren, and Michael Lorenzen. How about the Fullerton Union High School pipeline? That is an insane stat. Uh, I'd also like to give a shout out to Weston Wilson, the, the rookie left fielder that hit his first ever home run in his first at bat in the bigs to, you know, push Michael Lorenzen and give him a little bit of run support. Yeah, this Phillies team is making a lot of noise right now. You mentioned Wilson. Um, obviously, we just mentioned Lorenzo. Lorenzen. They're playing really solid ball, seven and three in their last 10. And as I mentioned, they've really solidified themselves as not just playoff team, but the top wild cards right now, looking at home field, uh, at least in the wild card series. Unfortunately for them, the Braves are just that good in the East. It's just not going to happen. But the the Phillies are making a lot of noise, a lot of second half noise. You could be looking at an exact repeat of last year. Obviously, Philly fans hope it ends just a little bit differently, though. And while we're on that, 
you know, storyline of that, the Phillies hot streak has just been nuts. Uh, ever since the, we talked about last week, I think it was that Trey Turner got his ovation out in Philly, you know, to kind of push him and be like, Hey man, you know, got your back. Turns out that supporting your players helps a lot. Trey Turner hitting something like 300 plus, uh, since that, what a turnaround for this Phillies team. Yeah, good for Turner, man. That's that's a that's a good guy of the game. Unfortunately, it was just really struggling. And, you know, who knows if, you know, all he needed was that little stand ovation, that little sign of su- support from the Philly fans. But if it was, obviously good for the fan base to help out the $300 million guy. Right. Uh, there's a lot of teams facing pressure down the stretch here. Uh, you know, Phillies obviously aren't going to be competing for the East because the Braves are just a lineup of death. But Ryan and I have, I've got two. I'm not sure how many Ryan's got, but teams facing a lot of pressure this week. My number one is the Cubs. I've talked to a lot of people, seen on Twitter. The Cubs are going to be a team that faces a lot of pressure. They're facing a lot of people that really believe in this team. I've seen people say that they're World Series sleepers, which is an insane take after a hot streak. But, you know, to continue to live up to the hype, I think that the Cubs got a little bit of pressure. Yeah, the Cubs, I mean, they had two of the more notable names on the trade market and Bellinger and Stroman. They decided to keep them. They decided to buy a little bit, too. So, yeah, if they don't go up and end up in making the playoffs, then, yeah, they have had a really failed season after, you know, that little hot streak that made them completely turn around their season and buy. Uh, one of the teams I have that is facing facing pressure is Los Angeles Angels. This is my number one team, and they they kept Otani, bought a lot at the deadline. They've only played worse since the deadline. They have the worst record in the American League West since the deadline. The A's have a better record out of the West race and six back in the wild card. I said they at least need to win the pennant to justify keeping Otani. And if they don't even make the playoffs, then this is going to go down as one of the worst decisions in baseball history. Yeah, that's a really bad idea, right? The Mariners are my second team uh, facing the most pressure this week. A half a game back of a wild card spot at the time of the recording. The reason uh, that this one comes to mind is because last night, I'll mention this in my winner of the week, but I watched the Mariners game last night and the pitcher for the Mariners, uh, George Kirby, nine innings pitch, three Ks, seven Ks, or, uh, wow, nine innings pitched, three hits, seven Ks, zero earned runs, and they just didn't help their pitcher at all. But I think that the Mariners face a lot of pressure here. You know, last year, a couple years ago, they had a huge playoff, like, push that I think they fell short, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that the city of Seattle would love to have another uh, push like that. Yeah, last year was huge for the entire city of Seattle, and it was fun to watch. They were, you know, pretty much "quote unquote" America's team last year, and I and obviously expectations were really high after that year with their uh, rookie of the year MVP candidate Julio Rodriguez, who has not lived up to the hype he had just because his expectations were that high. He was still an All Star, uh, but. Seattle, I don't think they need to make the playoffs. This is still a very young team who have plenty of time to bounce back in the upcoming years and still has a very bright future. But, yeah, you know, you would really like to follow that up with a playoff appearance in back-to-back years. And then for my number two team that's facing facing pressure for the rest of the season is the San Diego Padres. Teams like the Mets and Cardinals have been huge disappointments, but they sold. San Diego decided to not just keep Hader, Snell, and Soto – 
but by they're still within the wild card distance, but not as close as they'd like to be. I don't think this Padres even make the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think that that's a crazy take either. It's, it sucks for that, but they are currently 14 and a half back of the division. So that's pretty much out of the picture. And if we're talking a wild card, I, what five back. So San Diego makes a crucial, crucial, uh, what, could be a mistake if we look back at it. I do have a third team. I, I also want to mention a fourth team, but I'm going to go with the team I have listed first, the Diamondbacks. Uh, I mean, this team had one of the more surprising second halves, looking like one of the best teams in baseball. In the second half, they are 5-20, and 20, lost nine straight. This, these are before Saturday night's games, so sorry if they're a little outdated. And now Sunday, Sunday afternoons. The, yes, and now far out of the West race and facing an uphill battle in the wild card. I listen they they exceed expectations, but blowing the lead they had to completely miss the playoffs. If they do miss the playoffs would be an embarrassment for this team. Oh, a hundred percent. I can't believe that Arizona has had the slide that they had uh, a couple months ago. We were talking about how they were going to run away with this division. And now it's, they aren't even in a playoff spot as we speak. So Arizona has made a crucial fall and one that I'm sure that we'll look back on and be like, man, how did we fumble this bag as hard as we did? I also wanted to mention the Yankees on this list because I mean, they're the Yankees, man, their expectations every single year is world series or bust. And again, they might not even make the playoffs this year. They're in last place. And this kind of takes us into this next subject is Aaron Boone and his kind of hilarious reaction uh, to the umpire Les Diaz. Uh, Boone was understand and understandably very upset at a bad strike zone from Diaz, drawing a line in the dirt, then uh, mocking his strike three call. Diaz responded with, you should go look at your record <laughs> last place in the east four back in the wild card if they don't make the playoffs is this the end of aaron boone with the yankees before i answer that i want to say that aaron boone doing what he did was literally internet gold he provided so much content for so many people and speaking of content uh the talking yanks podcast i want to this is just a little thing I've had in my mind for a while and I want to get this take off, but I feel so bad for Aaron Boone when he goes on that podcast, he clearly doesn't want to get be there and he just gets drilled just like with questions that he just clearly doesn't want to answer. So it's brutal to be Aaron Boone, but uh, it could be, it should be honestly two back-to-back years where, you know, you've disappointed in a major, major fashion, especially this one four back of the wild card. And they're not even, they never even had a chance there was never even a time where we were like, yep, Yankees, you know, are going to take a shot at this division. I had a, in my YouTube video at the beginning of the year, I was like, yes, they're going to run with run away with the division. It's going to be close with the Blue Jays. But, you know, that take is, that ship is sailed. It's not even close. But the Yank, that was the only time all year that I've ever mentioned that the Yankees were going to be close. Because as soon as they started playing baseball, they just fell apart. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't think Aaron Boone is at fault for this Yankees disaster class. I'm not saying he's a perfect manager who deserves to come back. They need they they need a new voice of reason in that locker room. So I understand if they get rid of him, but it's not his fault. They have Aaron Judge, who's been injured. And I mean, after that, you know, Torres, okay, he's been solid. Stanton, you know, has power, like always. Volpe's been better but still not the expectations he had the entire rotation which was supposed to be the best rotation in baseball by far has Garrett Cole who has a very good chance to win the Cy Young after that 
It's injuries. A guy who's going to be losing his spot very soon, Luis Severino. Her, uh, Herman, who had a perfect game, but other than that, has not been impressive and has been kicked off the team. And then just, a, you know, guys who, like, who is this guy? It just injuries, injuries, injuries. This is not Aaron Boone's fault for how bad the Yankees have been playing. But like I said, I understand they let him go. Yeah, the the clear, like you mentioned, the clear lack of leadership because, you know, they just get bored. They don't have anybody to uh, kind of rally behind. If we're talking, you know, you mentioned the Yankees pitching staff. How about Adam Wainwright tweeted out on the pack to brew? He's got to be done soon. It's like watching this is this is a bad analogy, but like watching a dog get old and like watching him kind of lose his tricks and slowly like, you know, he starts limping and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to chase the tennis ball as much as he, anymore. And that's exactly what you're witnessing from Adam Wainwright. I hope to take him out to pasture and I hope, you know, he, he retires peacefully because he's got to stop soon. Yeah, he's nearing a nine ERA this season. Uh, last out and pitched just one and then and gave up nine hits and eight earned runs. Cardinals would probably be nice and let him finish the year since they're out of it. But do you think they would DFA him if the Cardinals lived up to expectations and were in the NL Central race right now? I think so. Baseball is a cutthroat industry. I don't think you make any friends. And I think that Adam Wainwright would be DFA'd if he if the Cardinals were even close. I, I fully I fully agree with that. You know, it's it's at the end of the day, it's business. Sometimes it sucks and it's and it's hurtful. But, you know, even for a, a franchise legend, you got to let him go when he's pitching like this. Yeah, I think that that is a very, very hard thing to do. I know that, you know, Ryan Braun, he, he never struggled in his career, but I imagine that it's something like that. Right. Like if Ryan Braun were to struggle late in his career and the Brewers were in a pennant race, I still don't think they cut him. But I think that it would be something of consideration. He's going to be done after this year. There's really no doubt after that. He should have retired with Pools and Yachty after last year. They should have all went out together. Unfortunately, you know, for his sake, Cardinal fans' sakes, he's going to go out with a horrible, disgusting year in age 41. But here's the question for you. He will be on the ballot in a few years. Will Adam Wainwright make the Hall of Fame? And does this last year hurt his chances, or would they be the same regardless? He is not of a Cy Young, but he has three, excuse me, four top three finishes. He's part of two World Series teams. Well, he wasn't officially on the 2011 team due to Tommy John, but he was still pretty much a Cardinal. Uh, He was a huge part of the bullpen in 2006. You know, he has the, the numbers, but I don't know if the resume is there. The MLB Hall of, or Baseball Hall of Fame is so strict on who gets in. I don't think he makes it. If we're talking like NFL, NBA standards, then yes. But MLB is just so strict with who they let in that I don't think Wainwright would make it. But I'd like to, like to hear your take on that. Yeah, I really would like to think that he would. Uh, career three and a half ERA. Uh, he p- played in 400 games, had a 1.2 career whip with over 2,000 strikeouts. Like you mentioned, the numbers are completely there. But, you know, three-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glover, 2006 World Series champion. I don't think he has it. If he has a Cy Young, maybe like just one, one Cy Young, I feel like would cement him. If he had a singular Cy Young that he was able to point at and be like, yep, I have this accolade. He would be in without a doubt, in my opinion, but the three career top three finishes is a brutal, brutal stat. And I really think that Adam Wainwright, I don't think he'll be a first ballot. I don't think so. 
but maybe later, maybe second or third ballot, he's a Hall of Famer, but maybe definitely not first ballot. Yeah, that's definitely fair. And that's not us trashing him because of Cardinal. It's just because I it's I mean, I said it that baseball of fame is so strict. And it's the writers and the voters are just very they're very stubborn. I think it's the right word right there. And they're not always the nicest. You know, Wainwright's a likable guy, obviously, but they're 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 very strict on who they let in. And I don't think they're gonna let Wainwright in, at least right away. It will be a very late one a few years after he's on first on the ballot if they do let him in adam wainwright very very tough one this week a viable option for your loser of the week my winner of the week though the pack through pipeline something we are currently working on building as we gain uh people on this podcast and gain guests we're gonna start adding them and giving you guys updates uh morris austin right-handed pitcher out of houston christian university guy we had on a couple weeks ago at this point. Fantastic interview. If you haven't checked that out yet, what are you doing? Go check it out. Uh, he had a great day yesterday. Came one in his inning of work. Gave up one in his first, you know, on his debut. But, you know, there's nerves there. A career uh, goal, a life goal. Me and Ryan would love to play in the MLB. That's not happening. But, you know, there's a little bit of nerves there. Viable to give up one run. My loser of the week, the Mariners. I mentioned it. Honored King Felix yesterday, and in true King Felix fashion, their pitcher did all the work and got no run support. George George Kirby, nine innings pitched, three hits, seven Ks, no earned runs, and they lost. Yeah, the the Mariners need to need to get it going with that, especially George George Kirby. He's been a very young bright spot, so it's kind of sucks to see him get a loss in that situation. My winner of the week is people who have the Quick Trip Rewards app downloaded because they have a new thing coming up. Packer points. You can add up these Packer points. Quick Trip Rewards app by spending in stores. For each dollar spent, you'll receive a Packer point that you can spend on exclusive sweepstakes in app. First one you can win is a new Chevy Colorado. So you literally just go and buy some stuff at Quick Trip and you can win a Colorado doesn't get much better than that. My loser of the week. I'm going to continue to mention them because they're they're losers. The Los Angeles Angels, uh, because they just keep falling farther and farther out of the playoff race, and they could have the future in their hands. Instead, they decided to keep Otani for a couple more months. And no, they're not going to resign him. I don't know how many weeks straight that is, but I think we're coming up on three or four. <laughs> Three. <laughs> they, they deserve, they, they, I will yeah. continue to mention them until they completely prove me wrong. And they will not be doing that, man. They're they're I, I'll be nice. They're not they're not smart in Los Angeles, at least on that side of town. So the gambling odds are minus a thousand that Ryan's loser of the week next week is still the Angels. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in for another heater of an episode. Uh, The links are always in the description. Uh, You can find us anywhere that you can find your podcast, anywhere that you can find social media. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode, and we will see you in the next one.